In a small town in Utah, the National Security Agency is constructing an enormous facility to store the millions of phone calls, emails, and other data that it gathers on a daily basis. Joining me now to describe the facility and what it means for both the NSA and the American public is James Bamford. His article about the data center appears in the current issue of Wired magazine. I'm pleased to welcome him back to our show for today's underreported segment. Hello. Hi, Leonard. How are you? Now, James, you couldn't know this, but the NSA has actually sent us something. They were in touch with us when they heard we were doing this, and I want to read their statement, and I'm going to read it in its entirety, okay? And then we can talk. Many Many allegations have been made about the planned activities of the Utah Data Center. What it will be is a state-of-the-art facility designed to support the intelligence community's efforts to further strengthen and protect the nation. NSA is the executive agent for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and will be the lead agency at the center. We are not going to dissect any particular news story, especially one that relies in part on the speculations of former officials and several unnamed sources. Those of us who are privileged to be a part of this great institution, NSA, see firsthand that our nation is indeed becoming safer as a result of our hard work, dedication, and the collaboration across the entire intelligence community. Nice statement. Okay. Didn't say much, but it was a nice statement. So let's get back to the story at hand. Uh, This facility is being built in Bluffdale, Utah. Isn't that home to one of the largest sects of polygamists? Yes, it's the uh, second largest sect of polygamists in the country. uh, Are they there because it's so isolated? I'm sorry. Well, they... They were there originally uh, based in Salt Lake City, and then they broke away from the Mormon, uh, the um, um, basically the mother church of the Mormon church, and then they moved out to Bluffdale to pretty much get away from um, Salt Lake City and to be more um, isolated, I guess, from uh, the rest of the uh, Mormon population. How isolated is this place? You describe a surreal groundbreaking ceremony for the uh, facility. Well, it's not that isolated. It's actually not that far from Salt Lake City, uh, 20 miles or something like that. But it's on a very um, broad military base called Camp Williams, and uh, it's uh, it's got a lot of uh, area on Camp Williams in order to build this enormous uh, base. I mean, actually, the the town Bluffdale had to extend the boundaries of its of its town in order to incorporate the entire one million square foot building so it is very very large and the the ceremony they had was a, a fairly interesting one they had a, a sandbox there and the officials including the deputy director of the nsa had golden shovels and they turned some sand in the um, in the sandbox and that was sort of the uh, uh, opening ceremony now it's you say it's enormous it's five times larger than the u.s capitol building uh, at least it will be when it's finished. What will the facility consist of? Well, it's basically a warehouse for intercepted communications. It'll, it's a gigantic place with a lot of uh, servers and uh, computers and storage uh, media to um, basically is a repository for all the information that NSA collects around the world. And it's collecting enormous amounts of information, so 
it needs this place to put them. Uh, but it's also going to serve as NSA's uh, cloud, um, technological cloud or digital cloud. In other words, it's a facility where all the other uh, activities of NSA, the listening posts uh, around the United States and around the world and headquarters, will be able to link into that center through fiber optic communications and analyze uh, the data that's being held there. Still, why does it have to be so big? Data storage has uh, required increasingly less space in recent years. If we can store a, a terabyte of data on a flash drive now, how much data will the NSA be able to store in this massive facility of one million square feet? Well, it's uh, conceivable they could put a yoda byte of data in there at some point. That's uh, uh, an enormous measure of uh, of data. A yoda byte, if you translate it into actual pages of text, would be somewhere around 500 quintillion pages of text. So um, they collect an awful lot of information, and they uh, need a place to store it, and they need a place to analyze it all. And some of the information they keep for years, if not decades, especially encrypted information that they can't break the code today, but they feel that maybe 10 years down the road they'll, they'll uh, be weaknesses they'll be able to find or patterns within the within the messages, and they'll be able to break those messages. So um, so there's a lot of storage. A lot of it's going to be for a long, long periods of time, and uh, a lot of it is uh, totally useless, and some of it is, uh, you know, perhaps valuable. Now, what's a Yoda? Y-O-T-T-A. Where does that prefix come from? Oops, I think. Uh, are we, we, uh, did you hear uh, the question? We're speaking uh, to James. Ba- yeah, we're, we're speaking to James Bamford in in London. Uh, so uh, the you know those countries, those European countries. There's terrible, <laughs> terrible telephone service. Y O T T A. I've never seen that before. What does it stand for? Is that like uh, gazillion? Well, it's uh, it's just like uh, you have terabytes and you have gigabytes, and and it, it continues up a up a uh, a plane and the highest level you can get so far they haven't developed a term after yodabyte but the highest one right now is a yodabyte which um um again is a term of measurement of uh, of data just like uh, uh if you have a a gigabyte of data or a terabyte of data this is a yodabyte of data which is at the uh, complete opposite end of the spectrum from, or the complete highest end of the spectrum. And what are they collecting? You, you suggested emails, phone calls as well, tweets? Well, NSA is after whatever kind of communications it feels might be useful to what it's looking for. So uh, these days it's looking for information in any kind of uh, 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 mode of communications. Uh, you know, if you look at Egypt, for example, there was a lot of communications and tweets and uh um, uh, Facebook and, and various social media. So everything from social media to tweets to email to uh, data transfers, uh, any kind of communication that, that may hold what NSA is looking for is what they're after. And the, the uh, statement that I read uh, su- suggests that uh, the NSA is the lead agency. So I would, uh, as I understand it, then they'd also be storing things from the State Department, the Pentagon, CIA, FBI? No, not really. It's uh, I think most of what's going to be going in there will be NSA information, but they may take some databases also from 
the other agencies and, and uh, move some of that in there also. But it's primarily going to be for NSA uh, information in there. But like I said, there there may be some sharing of data space with uh, other agencies also. My guest is James Bamford, and his article, The NSA is Building the Country's Biggest Spy Center, appears in the current issue of Wired magazine. You said that they're storing all of this thing to look at it later. Will they uh, cherry-pick what they find? For example, I was wondering if I write an email uh, that says a friend of mine got bombed at a party or that someone named J.I. had done something, would those messages immediately send up red flags? No, because so many people use uh, words like that. It would overwhelm the... um overwhelm the basically the servers and the uh and the analysts if you just limit it to that there there'd be uh, um a combination of words and phrases in addition to maybe where the phone calls are located where the sender is where the receiver is um there's a lot of factors that would go into this uh, uh algorithm that that would uh, uh determine which calls would be intercepted. Um, and a lot of them may be using words not like bomb, because a lot of the terrorists wouldn't use bomb. They'd use some code word or some phrase that doesn't fit into a normal sentence. So they would look for these odd uh, phrases that may not fit in context of what's being said. So it's much more complicated than just looking for a, a word like bomb or, or something like that. Boy, that relieves me a bit. The, uh, the National Security Agency was first created to avoid a repeat of something like the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, would that mean that it should have been aware of what was going to happen on 9-11? Well, that was a problem. After the Cold War, the NSA uh, uh, really had a, a, a vast number of uh, failures. It missed the very first World Trade Center attack. It missed the attack on the USS Cole. It missed the attack on the... U.S. embassies in East Africa missed 9/11, and then even after 9/11, missed uh, the, the underwear bomber or Christmas Day uh, flying to Detroit, and it missed the Times Square bomber who um, had communicated uh, to Pakistan a number of times. Um, so it, it's had a, a record number of failures. I think the problem is not that it's collecting too little information; it's that it's collecting too much information. And that it can't sift through what it what it has. Plus, it's all in languages that NSA has a very tough time analyzing. They they have a they've always had a shortage of linguists. People that could speak Pashtun and Dari and other um, 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 sort of uh, dialects that are not very common in the United States. So, it, its problem is uh, is largely, I think, uh, one of over collecting rather than under collecting. But uh, it's also collecting information uh, on American citizens, isn't it? Has that always been part of its purview? No, it, it's uh, illegal to collect on, on Americans without a warrant, and that's one of the problems that NSA's had in the past. It's sort of addicted to collecting illegally on Americans. It, it did it uh, in the 1950s when it was created, it, uh, in the 1960s and the 1970s, all secretly collecting information on Americans, reading every single telegram that went through the United States, um, and all that without a warrant. It was totally illegal, and it was discovered in the mid-1970s. And then for a number of uh, uh, several decades, NSA didn't do any illegal spying for the 1980s and 1990s. And then 
uh, all of a sudden back in the 2000s, again, it began doing illegal warrantless eavesdropping until it was discovered by the New York Times uh, and the information was information came out and uh, um, but during that time again President Bush lied to the American public about it he said that uh, when asked about eavesdropping uh, warrantlessly on Americans he said we always uh, get a warrant before we eavesdrop on American communications and at that time they weren't doing that they were avoiding the court that uh, supposed to issue those warrants. So it's a NSA's had this very checkered past for at least half of its history uh, of doing this illegal eavesdropping, and then they feel that they don't have to explain anything to the American public about what they're doing. You well, should just trust them. You, you're right that the center is in some measure the realization of the total information awareness program created during the first term of the Bush administration, an effort that was killed by Congress in 2003 after it caused an outcry over its potential for invading Americans' privacy. So why nine years later with a president who has been critical of things of this sort from the Bush administration, do we see this going forward? Well, it's interesting. Uh, President Obama uh, appeared critical of it uh, during the campaign. He actually said that he would vote against expanding NSA's uh, capabilities or NSA's uh, um, um, jurisdiction, basically its ability to or its legal uh, abilities to spy within the United States. And he would also vote against giving uh, grants of immunity to the telecom companies that illegally uh, helped NSA during that period of time. Um, and then when push came to shove, it was uh, when the vote actually came up, he did the opposite. He voted in favor of expanding NSA's uh, uh, eavesdropping capabilities, and he voted in favor of giving immunity uh, to the telecom companies, not only from criminal, criminal activity, but also to um, lawsuits from uh, people whose communications were eavesdropped on. So he, he did the opposite, and then uh, during his presidency, he's pushed hard on uh, virtually the same areas in, uh, in terms of expanding NSA's capability as the Bush administration did. You spoke to William Binney, a former senior NSA crypto-mathematician, uh, who confirmed to you that the NSA had gained access to AT&T's and Verizon's billing records. Were they the only two? Uh, should we assume that Sprint and T-Mobile and everyone else it was also uh, part of this? Well, it seems so. Uh, again, everything is shrouded in so much secrecy at NSA, but it's uh, it's clear that AT&T was involved. There was a secret NSA listing post found in a... Um, in an AT&T uh, uh, switch, uh, this 10-story building out in San Francisco. And uh, Benny said that, uh, uh, and Benny was a very, uh, William Benny was one of the very highest-ranking NSA officials involved in all these uh, activities. He was the person who created the, uh, basically, NSA's worldwide eavesdropping capability and then automated it. And then when uh, he discovered that NSA was eavesdropping on U.S. communications, he uh, left the agency after almost 40 years in protest. Um, so uh, the only uh, company, it seems, that may have said no was uh, um, Quest, which is a Denver company, and the uh, president of that company apparently turned NSA down, which seems like uh, may have been the only company to do that. Benny had argued for a more targeted approach to data mining before he left. 
that would have included a system for obtaining warrants. Was the agency just not interested in that idea? Well, apparently, because he uh, he had a very good idea, and it later turned out that the um, there was a internal, very secret investigation by the Pentagon uh, Inspector General, and this Pentagon Inspector General came out agreeing with with Benny and a few of the other people who were advocating his system, and his system would have prevented the uh, NSA from doing the warrantless eavesdropping. It would have been um, uh, a system that would have provided more privacy to, to U.S. citizens, but the NSA wasn't interested in doing that. And so, um, again, that was one of the reasons causing Benny to, to leave the agency. So the NSA instead just wants to collect everything and what, they, what you've called their cloud? Well, it seems the the problem is you're. Uh, I've written three books on NSA. I followed it for thirty years. I've written probably more than anybody else has ever written on it. But still, you're only scratching the surface when it comes to what's really going on in there and what's uh, what they're up to. Because they they never feel that they're accountable to the American public about explaining exactly what they're doing or or what what exactly this uh, center in Bluffdale is going to be all about. Except that it's you know. Providing security to America. I mean, that's about as general as you can get. And that's pretty much what they said in the statement that they sent us, that they're very proud of what they have done for the country. Uh, It's a kind of a a suggestion that we're doing a good job. uh, You should leave us alone. Right. Well, in addition to saying they're proud of what they're doing for the country, I think they could also apologize, which they've never done. Uh, for about five years of illegal uh, eavesdropping and violating the U.S. law. Uh, I mean, violating it so bad that people had to get immunity from prosecution. So um, uh, that's the problem with NSA. It's not really accountable. We can have hearings on nuclear weapons. We can have hearings on on all sorts of uh, very sensitive topics. But for some reason, since it was created, NSA has been immune from any kind of public scrutiny in Congress almost. Has, uh, have there been any cases where NSA collected material that has been used to stop some terror attack? Well, uh, it'd be nice to say yes, but I haven't uh, uh, come across any major terrorist incident that was prevented by NSA. Um, and there have been numerous times they've tried to sort of leak out um, some successes, but they were never very, they were very minor successes of one kind or another. So, um, no, it doesn't sound like they've, uh, from what I've been able to determine, um, any great successes. It's just been major failures. And um, they, every time they have a failure, they keep saying, well, we have to collect more information. We have to get more information so we don't have a failure the next time. When in reality, the failures a lot of times are caused by having too much information and not enough people to go through it. Well, you said earlier they're waiting uh, to develop some new encryption approaches. Is that what uh, this new center is also intended to do, to be a code-breaking facility? Yeah, it's supposed to play a major role in in, uh, cryptanalysis, in other words, breaking codes. And that's because uh, in order to break codes, you really need two key uh, ingredients. One is you need lots and lots and lots of messages um, if you have one message, you're never going to find a pattern in it. Or if you have two, it's very difficult to find any pattern between those two. But if you have 200,000 messages, it makes it much easier to, to find patterns, and that's what you look for 
in order to break a break a code. Um, Although now and, we use computers. To, and the other half is uh, is very very fast computers, and that's one of the other things that I write about in the Wired article. Is this brand new, uh, this very very secret uh, facility that they built down in Oak Ridge, and that's where during World War II they developed the atomic bomb. Uh, and they're working on this new very secret project, a uh, very secret Manhattan-like project to develop the fastest computer in the world in secret. Cybersecurity has been a, a bigger threat in recent years. Is that something that the center will take part of, or is is that something that the, the Department of Homeland Security uh, is relegated to deal with? Well, they're both. They both have responsibilities within that area, um, but I, I assume that the uh, the center will play some role in in uh, cybersecurity. What role? I'm not exactly sure at this point, but it um, that's all obviously a major concern of NSA, and uh, I'm sure uh, they'll be able to go through a lot of those messages in there, looking for clues to cyber. Um, cyber attacks or whatever. So I, I would assume it would also play a role in that. What is the deep net? And what kind of well, information the deep, is the NSA trying to capture from the deep net? Oh, uh, the deep net is actually, uh, um, well, just to explain the web that you look on your computer and you start searching for uh, information on um, a house and buying a house in California or whatever. That's the World Wide Web. Um, that everybody can access. But uh, most of the uh, web out there, uh, sort of like black, uh, dark matter, it's, um, it's hidden. It uh, consists of password-protected data, consists of government data, consists of uh, database information, material stored in, in um, uh, non-public databases. So there's a tremendous amount of information out there that's not accessible to the average person, but that's the kind of information that NSA is trying to get access to. You've said that you've reported on the agency for the past 30 years. Has it gotten more difficult to report on the NSA since 9-11? Um, it's, it's, at, at first, uh, when I first began writing my very first book, it was uh, like exploring a lost continent. There was uh, almost no information out there, and I had to uh, dig it all up. Uh, now, to some degree, there's a, a tremendous amount of information always flowing out there about NSA, but it's still very difficult to find the key information uh, to determine exactly what NSA is doing. So there's more information out there. It's just harder to... Um, uh, to put it all together because NSA has grown so much bigger. I mean, it's in, enormous compared to what I first reported on back in 1982. Of course, that also means more sources. Where does Congress figure in all of this? Have they signed off on it? Uh, has Does Congress allocate the funds uh, that are all... I mean, has it uh, allocated the funds uh, because of 9-11? Well, yeah, Congress uh, has been flooding NSA with money ever since 9-11. It's basically been throwing as much money as it can at NSA, just like it has at CIA and other intelligence agencies, thinking that the more money we throw at it, the, uh, the more likely they'll be able to prevent the next attack, which isn't always true. Um, but the problem with the Congress is, is that uh, when Congress started looking at, at uh, the intelligence community in 1975, uh, the Church Committee, Senator Frank Church, was the first um, uh, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. 
he was very aggressive and the committee was very aggressive in going after NSA and the intelligence agencies and, and they were the ones who uncovered the fact that for the previous 30 years NSA had been um, illegally eavesdropping on communications and um, so they were they acted as like this buffer or the policeman for the public to prevent NSA and the other intelligence agencies from doing these illegal activities and they created these uh, these structures within the intelligence community to um, act as safeguards and one of them was the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. So if NSA wanted to eavesdrop on an American citizen they had to get a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. And those were all the things that the Bush administration um, uh, broke the law in avoiding. They, uh, instead of going through the court, they avoided the court. We they, have to leave it there, unfortunately, but we do have a link to your article on our show page at WNYC.org. And James Bamford's article in Wired, the current issue, is called The NSA is Building the Country's Biggest Spy Center. Thank you so much for being with us again. My pleasure, Leonard. Great being on your show again.